Thank you, thank you, thank you for being here tonight. We're going to talk to you about money. And money is something that, especially if you live in America, I'm not discounting any other nation or anything, but especially if you live in America in the Silicon Valley, you know what money is. You know, even the young people are getting what they call side hustles, and they're making more than they were making on their regular job. But God, through his word, has a lot to say about money, and that includes all of us. And tonight we're going to look at, it's your money, make it first, and then make it last. And we want to learn about how to making it, make it last. We'll be looking at being an earner, being a wise saver, being a, um, somebody who knows how to get the best deals when they purchase something. And then the final one, we'll look at being a giver. If anything should characterize a child of God, it should be giving. That's what God wants from us. So the more you give to further God's kingdom, the more he will bless you. How many want to be blessed? Okay. So if you keep it to yourself and you stop the flow, you'll notice you're receiving less and less. God wants to bless his children. Can we give him a hand of praise? When we look at the diligent earner, our, our verse for tonight is Colossians chapter 3, verse 23. And it says that whatever you do, work at it with your entire heart as working for the Lord, not for men. As working for the Lord, not for men. So actually, God owns the company where you work. God owns everything on this earth. That's the first thing we should establish. So when we go to work, we're working for him. And it says to do it with your entire heart. Not slacking, not, not being lazy, not showing up late, but doing the best you can. So let me give you some takeaways from this verse. Disobedience is to be with sincerity of heart, not simply when their masters are watching them or doing it to win their favor. Slaves are to work with reverence for the Lord. Working with an awareness of God's character and presence enhances the dignity of the labor of all the employees. When they see, today, Christians don't have a good name here in the uh, United States. In fact, in other countries of the world, if you say, I am a Christian, you're not popular. It's when you say, I'm a follower of Jesus, that people want to be close to you. And some employees, when, employers, when you tell them, I'm a Christian, they really don't want to hire you because a Christian should be the best employee that they have. A Christian should work harder than everyone else because I'm not working for the owner of the company. I'm working for the owner of the world, for the Lord Jesus Christ. Another takeaway from this verse is we are to serve Christ by discharging all the duties of life so as to please him. That's why you're living, so as to please God. That's the sole reason you and I are still alive. Number three, it's a bad testimony for a Christian to be lazy and deceptive while on the clock. If we have agreed to work for a set time in order to receive a prearranged wage, we are expected to fulfill our end of the agreement. God is not pleased with those who seek to take advantage of others. And the final takeaway of this verse is whether we like it or not, our lives are a representation of Christ in everything we do. 
So as I've told you before, they don't read their Bible, but they'll read you and I. We're the epistle that they read. And what we don't want to hear is that question that goes this way. I thought you were a Christian. The other one we want to hear is, are you a Christian? Yes, I am. That's what they want to hear. So when Christ did what he did on the cross, it was not to please men, but to honor the Father. And so his body was not offered for his reconciliation, but for ours. He bore the sin and the shame of the cross in a way that honored God. And surely we can work on a job in such a way that it pleases him. That's what we have to do. That is the whole purpose of tonight's sermon, being a person that earns money. And before I get into the sermon, I'm going to talk about later on that the money that you make, whatever you make, however you earn it. Everyone say earn. earn. Whatever you earn, you give God 10%. Whatever you earn. Now, if you were walking and you saw $100, do you have to tithe on that? You see what happened? We just lost everybody. <laughs> Is that how you earn your money? By looking for it in the street? Say earn. earn. Say it again. Earn. However you earn your money, you should give God 10%. You tithe on what you earn. So if your skill is repairing cars, but you also know how to cut hair, so you cut somebody's hair and you go, I'm not charging you, don't worry about it, and they give you money, should you tithe on that money? I'm going to start this sermon all over again. This, see, this is where we lose it. Everyone say earn. However you earn money, you tithe 10% of that to the Lord. Whatever you do to earn money. I do funerals. I do weddings. When they pay me, I give 10% to the Lord. That's not my paycheck. I earn it as a pastor. Okay, but and, and if you, a lady said to me once, well, I just got in a car accident and the insurance paid me uh, $6,000. I'm going to tithe on that. And I said, you don't have to. And she wrote a letter to Pastor Ken saying, Pastor Mike is saying we don't have to tithe. <laughs> hey, see, that's what's happening here tonight. Some of you, your eyes glazed over like. And, I, and when she said, what do you mean? We're not supposed to tithe that. I go, is that how you earn your money? By getting an insurance check from wrecking cars? Oh, okay. So it's based on what you earn. So again, let me try this again, and you better answer. So if you're walking down the street and you find $100, do you tithe on that? No. Perfect. But anything that you get extra, you, it's a free will offering. You can determine the amount. You can determine how you want to give it. If you want to bless somebody with, you found $100, you want to bless them because you know they need groceries, you can do that. That's an offering. But you cannot help somebody that needs groceries with your tithe. Well, I gave her my tithe. No, the tithe belongs to God, and it comes from whatever you earn. Okay? <laughs> Here we go. What are the two things you learned about money while you were growing up? What were you taught by your parents? 
Was money evil something for other people and not for you or something that there was always very little of? I was taught two things. Work hard and be grateful. That's what I was taught. And it's not so much how busy you are, but why are you busy? The bee is praised, the mosquito is swatted. <laughs> wait, wait, we were talking about money, now you're talking about mosquitoes, I'll say it again. It's not so much how busy you are, but why are you busy? What are you actually doing? If you get to a point where, I, I, man, I gotta get up and go to work, no. God gave me a job. I'm going to earn my money so I can further his kingdom. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So it's not, oh God, do I have to go to work? Yes. Work is not a curse. Turn to somebody and tell them, quit being so lazy. God created the work ethic and it's not a curse to have work. It is a gift from God. God's word says that the laborer is worthy of his hire. Therefore, he wants you to get paid for what you do. You are working to earn. You are earning to provide for yourself and your family and to give to God to further his kingdom. God does not need your income, but working is the way he has allowed for us to be part of his plan. We are to work and we are to earn. So when someone says, so why does God want your money? God doesn't need our money, but he's got a plan to bless you. He says, if you take 10% of what you earn before taxes, <laughs> if you give 10% to, you're giving to the Lord through the church. So there was the heaters on tonight. There's carpeting here, padded seats. There's toilet paper and soap in the restrooms, and that's what happens when you tithe. We make the church comfortable for everyone to come and to be given the word of God. So when you earn something, my wife and I for years, before we even actually get the paycheck, we already write our tithe because that money's not ours. It belongs to him. But he says, if you give me 10%, I will bless the 90%. And if you're saying, I can't even make it on the 90%, it's because you don't have the blessing of God. How many want God's blessing? Come on, give him a hand of praise. Okay, let's look at the diligent earner. Thank you. Our first instruction concerning money is to be a diligent earner. This is a person who produces with diligence and is content and grateful for what he or she has. Content and grateful. There's a lot of people who make good money on their jobs, but they're not content and they're not grateful. They look at where they live and they look at where they wanna live and there's nothing wrong with that, but why should God bless you with more if you're not content with what you already have and you're not grateful? When he says produces, it means to create by physical or mental effort, to manufacture. Diligence and purpose is a steady effort, attentive care, you're focused. Content, desiring no more than what we have. 
we're satisfied. And that's one thing that escapes us here in the Silicon Valley is so many of us are not satisfied with what we have. We see so much with what others have and we feel that God is not blessing us. You know, Christians used to have license plates that used to say, bless, 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 and, and on, a, on a Mercedes. So what some Christians felt if they weren't driving a Mercedes that God was not blessing them. So other people, you're not gonna put a license plate that says cursed, 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 <laughs> right? But some people say, well, I'm blessed, blessed, blessed. Well, just because you're blessed does not mean that the favor of God is on your life. Just because things are going bad does not mean that God is cursing you. God curses no one. Give him a hand of praise. The yellow cloth that's in my pack, get it for me, please. In my backpack. And then... Grateful means to be appreciative of benefits received, thankful, agreeable. The privilege of working in a place that you desire, doing what you like to do, may not always be your right. In fact, thank you, you're very fortunate if you can work in a place where you like doing what you do because then it's not work. You love it. And to go and to perform some other type of work in a place that you're not suited to, that doesn't mean that God is against you. Accept this as life and not as a punishment from God. Some people say, I'm the only Christian at my job. Well, guess why he put you there? When you go look for a diamond, what they do is they take some black velvet and they put it on the table and they shine these bright lights, and then they put the diamond there. The darker the background, the brighter the diamond. Amen. The darker it is for you at work, the brighter your light is gonna shine. Come on. Come on. You are just forcing your body and mind to do what it doesn't want to do when you have a job you don't like. With this as a newfound experience, accept it with diligence and with gratitude. You won't die. You will go home and you will sleep a deep sleep. All of life is a basis of adjustments. Sometimes you have to tighten things down. Sometimes you have to back off a little bit. Life is not a series of comforts. It is a series of decisions. Have the courage to make the right decision for yourself, your family, and your God. No matter what you do, well, if I had a, a better job, I'd give more to God. Be grateful for the job you have. God has you there for a specific reason. When he's ready, he'll move you to another place. I, I'm not going to bore you, but I can remember all the jobs I had. Uh, and I can remember going to the unemployment agency and waiting around to see if they had any job openings and looking for a job. And I was beginning to wonder, why have you forsaken me? He said, I haven't forsaken you. I will get you a job. And then the job started to come in, and each one was like a promotion. It was getting better and better and better. And now here I am teaching you the Word of God in San Jose. Come on. Will you work hard and exert effort 
if you recognize you're working directly for the Lord, no one's here. (laughs) Will you work hard and recognize that you are working directly for the Lord? Yes. Yes. That's who I'm working for. That's who you're working for. If you can cook, if you can sew, if you can paint, if you can sing, whatever you can do. Like Alfred, how many jobs do you have that you help people? Whatever you do, doesn't Colossians 3.23 say, say that? And whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. God takes pleasure in that. And again, this is not our home. We're passing through, headed to our home. Will you spend your money wisely? Wait till we talk about being a, a wise consumer. Will you spend your money wisely? Will you eliminate the debt in your life? The Bible says, oh, no man anything, anything but love. Oh, no, you shouldn't owe. When we bought our first house and they passed me the application, he said, okay, go ahead and write down everyone, you know, that you owe money to. And I go, okay. And I put on there debt free. And the realtor goes, sorry, sir, you didn't understand me. You know how they do that? You know. <laughs> he said, just write down everyone you owe money to. And I underlined it twice, and I gave it back to him. And he looked at me. He said, you don't owe any money to anyone? I said, no, I don't. Why not? Because the Bible says in Romans 13, 8, owe no man anything but to love one another. So we should not be in debt to anyone because if you are, you become a slave to the lender. You can't do anything. What, what if I've seen this happen? Somebody, hey, can, can, can I borrow some money? And, and you pay them, and then they say, I'll pay you back, and they never do. And then you're at a nice restaurant, and there they are eating steak and lobster. <laughs> and do you say anything? You don't want to interrupt their meal. Yes, you do. What are you doing here? Will you give God his 10% because you want to keep working? Say a yes. Yes. All of this then is describing the diligent earner. Employers are looking for people like this. Leaders are looking for individuals like this to put on their staff. You have a mind, you can think, you have skills and you have experience. Use them for the glory of God. Produce, get creative, make it happen. Look for ideas that benefit the company and catapult you to the top because you are a child of the living God. Come on. God is not going to give money to someone who doesn't know what to do with it. He's going to give money to people who know how to handle it and people who are generous, like that woman there who is generous, they just bless others. And sometimes when you're that way, people can't believe that you would actually do that. When you become generous, you're most like your savior, and so he says, I'm gonna bless that person with more because my child is acting like me. That's what you want. They want them to notice what you're doing, okay? But we, We have become a society of service. Let me tell you what I mean. We have become a society of service. We spend the money we worked for 
to have others do for us what we no longer want to do. Mm-hmm. We pay for people to wash our car. We don't even go to the car wash where you just put in quarters. Now we go and it's $37 just to get your car washed. We pay for people to change our oil, to maintain our yards. I'm not criticizing. We pay for people to clean our pool. We pay for people to deliver our groceries so we can keep binge watching on Netflix and we don't have to leave the house. We pay for people to carry our golf clubs. We have become a service society. And those who walk your dogs for you and so you never have to walk them in anything like that, you're paying them your hard-earned money to do something that you could still do. But you make the decision because it's not my money. Your money's not mine. So let's establish that right away. I'm not telling you what to do with your money. I'm telling you how much God wants to bless you. How many want to be blessed? Okay. Then God is not going to bless a fool. God is going to bless people that are wise. It seems quaint to us that our ancestors used clamshells and beads for money. But then I wonder what they think about a wallet full of little plastic cards. And yet, we see news reports saying that pretty soon, there's not going to be any cash. They're also trying to get rid of pennies right now, to take pennies out of the economy. And then when they have pennies for our change. We don't really want them. You find pennies everywhere on the ground. And then they want us to charge everything. And so that no one can rob you and take your money away. And then instead of having a card, they want to put a number on your left hand or on your forehead. And you'll see that we're heading into an economy where Antichrist is coming to take over. When you are in debt and you need something important, perhaps a prescription, perhaps you need some undergarments or socks, you need a jacket during the winter, but you can't get it, ask yourself, what did I do with my money? So again, I'm going to teach you how to save, how to earn money, how to save that money, and how to spend money. Again, it's not my money, it's yours. But how many of you would like to keep more of the money that you earn? All right? And all God wants you to do is to take 10% of that and give it to him. Once you get in that practice, you'll find out you don't miss it. And you'll go do your taxes because we've heard this question too. What are you doing with all the money that you're making? Because you're making more than you did last year. He said, well, we really, how do we do that? God is blessing you. And if you can learn this from me tonight, I know you're looking at me with those beautiful brown or black eyes. If you can learn this from me, you are not unknown by God. He knows you. He knows exactly where you live, who you are, how you think. And he wants to bless you. God wants to bless you. And watch this. He says, I will bless you to make you a blessing. And one thing that comes from a hard worker, a diligent earner, 
is a good name. And Proverbs 22 says, a good name is to be desired and not great wealth. Because if, what's the first thing people think of when your name is mentioned? Oh, her. Oh, him. I know someone that can help you, Pastor Mike. Oh, no, that, that's okay. <laughs> what's the first thing people think of when your name is mentioned? A good name is to be desired. So not only does God want to bless you to make you a blessing, God wants you to have a good name. I'm going to change my sermon because it said they'll clap when you say that, but it didn't happen. <laughs> Come on. Come on. <laughs> Wall Street wants you to spend. They convince you that your life is not what it's supposed to be unless you possess what they say you need in order to be happy. When you are in debt, you are controlled by them and not by the God who created you. Wall Street wants to control you. You'll learn this as the longer you live in life. The people that have millions and billions of dollars, they're not as interested in the product they provide anymore as much as they are in controlling others. Really, really, really wealthy people. I'm talking about big, big people. They want to control. And Wall Street wants to control God's children. And we're God's children. That's why they tell us what to wear. They tell us what clothes to wear. That's why we wear labels on our clothes. So we can be recognized. Oh, that person must make a lot of money. That's why we drive certain cars or live in certain places. But we wind up owing Wall Street instead of glorifying the God that created us. Technology is allowing us to do things faster, but yet we seem to have less time for the important things. Each year, we are becoming more and more stressed, frustrated, lazy, and broke. We can become bitter because we don't have what we think we deserve. I'll give you some wisdom. It's not in my notes. If God has not given it to you, don't take it. Take only what God gives to you. If God gives it to you, no one can take it from you. Go ahead, clap. The things that count the most cannot be tallied. The more we count the blessings we have, the less we crave the luxuries we don't have. You have the energy to do what God wants you to do. Get up and go to work. It's when you're not doing this that you get exhausted. Some of you, and I'm joking, if you got up and went to work early, they'd ask you, are you okay? <laughs> Why are you here on time? If you got to work right away, and you turned in that report or you got that car ready, whatever your employment you have, you bake that bread, you serve that coffee at Starbucks, whatever. They would be surprised. And then why are you always so cheerful? I haven't heard you cuss. Do you cuss? No. Why not? <laughs> well, because you haven't made me mad yet. No, not really. 
We should be the most cheerful, the hardest working, and the wisest people where we have employment. I'm telling you this, in the past we used to recommend that you tell people you're a Christian. Be sure and witness, I'm telling you now, you don't have to tell people you're a Christian. Just be a Christian. You don't have to start witnessing, then you get, why'd you get fired? Well, I was witnessing, and you weren't working? <laughs> I used to tell people here, they'd want to witness to me. I'd go, I'm saved. I've been saved 50 years. I'm a pastor. Stop it already. Pastor Mike, Pastor Mike, you know Jesus died. And I know I preach it every week. <laughs> working is not the place for witnessing. Mm-hmm. Witness by how you work. Let them call you in and say, you know, you've worked harder these past six months than I've ever seen you work before. Why? Well, I got saved. I became a child of God. And then don't tell your boss. And besides, you don't own this company. God does. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> don't do that. Foolish spending. Foolish spending is spending money that is designated for one purpose on something you don't need. You didn't get that? Foolish spending is spending money that is designated for one purpose on something you don't need. It's like wanting to impress somebody so you take your rent and you don't pay your rent, but you take them out to eat. Now what are you going to do? They think you're the greatest person in the world, but you can't pay your rent. You had money designated for your rent. Then you go complain, God's not blessing me. He's, I blessed you, but you didn't do what you were supposed to do with that. One way to eliminate foolish spending is to work hard for your money. When you work hard for your money, you don't let it go that easy. There is a built-in principle given to us by God that when you work hard for something, you take care of what you have. And may I tell you something? Everything you purchase, you have to maintain. You get a swimming pool, wow, we got a swimming pool. Guess what? You got to put in chemicals. You got to check the water all the time. You have to put a cover on it, make sure no one comes in your yard and drowns. Whatever you have, you have to maintain it. Or you pay somebody to come and maintain it. Pay your tithe. Pay your debts. Pay yourself. John Wesley said it this way, make all you can, save all you can, give all you can. Give God a hand of praise. If you will do these three things, you will begin to learn to budget your finances and to wisely utilize your pay for the best they can produce for you. Don't purchase something you don't have enough to purchase, to pay for it. If you pay for everything, you really don't need credit. You'll get credit. But if you pay cash for everything, you're not going to be sitting there on your couch watching TV and they're not going to come in and take your couch away from you because you haven't paid it off. And here's the final statement. Get to work on time. Consistently be where you're supposed to be and do what you're expected to do. Do not waste time on the computer or on the phone. Quit stalling. Stop making excuses. Be dependable. No one owes you anything. Do what you're supposed to do and then do a little more. <laughs> yeah, now you want to clap. <laughs> Be
Be ready to accept with eagerness any new assignments or responsibilities. Show gratefulness by doing for your employer what he wants done or she wants done with a cheerful attitude and not with a smirk, frustration, or delay. There are enough individuals with negative attributes. The one that stands out is a diligent worker. Give God a hand of praise. So as they clear the stage, Pastor Jeremy is going to lead us in that song about gratitude again. Go ahead and let that song minister to you, and then I'll give the benediction and dismiss you this evening in just a few minutes.
So I throw up my hands and praise you again and again. Cause all that I have is a hallelujah, hallelujah. And I, nothing else fit for a king, except for a heart, except for a heart singing. If you're with your family, go ahead and take them by the hand. If you don't know the person next to you, you don't have to do that. They, they may punch you in the nose or something. <laughs> but with your hands joined, I want to put a blessing on you. You see, it doesn't do pastors any good to be cursing their flock, yelling at them all the time. People don't like to come to church be yelled at. No one, no one likes that. What would benefit you is to actually see with your own eyes and in your own life and in your home how much God loves you and how much he wants to bless you. And you want to be blessed. But now, once he blesses you, what you do with those blessings, you're also responsible for. So we're not to waste anything. Okay, God bless me. Now I'm not going to go to church. I'm going to go do this. <laughs> Find out. When God gives you what they call a windfall or a surplus, find out, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? But again, I say, and I'll repeat it, pay yourself. Make sure after you pay your debts, pay your tithes, you pay yourself. Save money. We're going to be talking about that. Heavenly Father, with our hands joined tonight, I pray that we learn from this sermon in such a way that everything we earn, you gave us the power to do that. You gave us the power and the ability to become earners for your kingdom. I pray that you would bless every man and woman, every boy and girl, in the sound of my voice tonight and those online, that God would open up the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing where you won't have room enough to receive it so that your hearts can recognize how much God really loves you. God bless you, church. I love you. And see you later.